Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And now, from inside Hall D of the Minneapolis Convention Center, this is a special live broadcast of the Venture Bank Minnesota Golf Show. Here's Scott Korzanowski. Yeah, what? we're up. We're up. Here we I, are. I couldn't tell. Well, I, we, see, here's the problem, Corzo. Uh, Corzo. By the way, Patrick. welcome to Minnesota, the Venture Bank Minnesota Golf Show. Uh, this is the ride with Royce Korzanowski sitting in for Patrick, who's down in Florida. See, the problem is you and Manny Hill were already hot and heavy into your Andrew Wiggins debate <laughs> we off were. the air that I had no. to inform you guys that hey, let's let's bring this well, to the stage. But before we do, we'll do yes. let's make this mention. Yes. Uh, it's it, it is happy hour here, and as you can see, that's why this gigantic line has formed. Not in that long ago, so plenty of time. Yeah, but but come on down. Uh, we are here at the Venture Bank Tell Minnesota Golf Show. So if you come in right now, you've got to get a certificate at the front door, and you will get free beer while supplies last. Over here, right to our right, in the 19th old Manny, sit down. We are not eligible. No, we get off at free beer. six. We <laughs> yeah. get off at six on the air. So and the first all... round's on you. Uh, if, I don't know if you knew that or not, but that's part of the deal in filling in well, for Well, part of the reason, Reavers, why you're sitting over on that side is because Just you were the one that's going to run right. us over. Don't tempt me. To get over there. Yeah. Well, for me, okay. Got, what else do you got? <laughs> this is really cool, though, because uh, as you know, with your with your admission i didn't realize this until just now but 19 free green fee passes with every paid ticket courtesy of twincitiesgolf.com this is it is it's a great golf event if you're a golf fan get here because as you keep mentioning the the the, the merchandise here the shirts the the clothing that you can get out here at a fraction of the price yep. obviously you can come see our beautiful smiling faces but it's fun i absolutely love doing this show every year yeah i do too I, I, and it kind of gives you a sense that you know the golf season is well, not just around the corner, but we're probably about 70% through the winter or so. So we're probably, you know, 60, 70% through a little bit to go, but not too much. So so get on out here. Uh, and by the way, very, very quick, let's let's thank Venture Bank because they're the ones that make yes. this happen every yeah. single year. So. And it's great. And, and, you know, the other thing that I would say, and we, we, the Super Bowl live, or not Super Bowl live, but Super Bowl experience was out here a couple yes. weeks ago. Yep. Uh, when Major League Baseball was out here, they had some here. I've covered, I've been here when relatives have been in, like, volleyball tournaments. The Minnesota Convention Center is a spectacular yeah, place. it really it's is. It's huge. It can it can support so many things, and it's and it's really great in the winter to have some stuff to go through uh, when when it's so cold outside. Uh, I did not have a chance because uh, it was not on TV, and I did not go to the game, and I I was working today, and so I didn't have a chance to go and and see online. It was kind of unfortunate that the uh, a tribute to Flip. I, I get why they wanted, and there was uh, John Krasinski of the Athletic did a really nice piece on kind of the genesis of this. And how a couple of the guys from the Timberwolves' perspective were young, 
uh, like almost interns or very low-level employees back in 03 when the Wolves were playing in L.A. And these two guys, you know, paid their own dime to go out and watch the Wolves. Remember when they won Game 3 out in, I think that was the classic, when they won, the first time they played the Lakers in the postseason, 03. 03 yeah. and, and there was that incredible double, it was an overtime game, where the Wolves were the winning. game where Troy Hudson went off? Yeah, well, it's also the game where, 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 where Wally went running at, at Kobe, and Kobe missed the shot, and Kobe sticked out his, stuck out his leg, and Wally barely hit it, and it should have been a foul on Kobe, and they called the foul on uh, Wally. Of course they did. And, the, and, the, and that, that allowed the Lakers to get into overtime, but the Wolves ended up winning that game, but they ended up losing that series in six. But, but that was a, that's probably one of the most exciting games in Wolves history, playoffs at least, in 03. Uh, and these kids went out, and then and then Flip Rodman, and anyway, then they said part of putting this together is they wanted to coordinate it with TNT, so Kevin Harlan yep. could be around to do the uh, could be around to do the uh, MC, which is perfect because he was there, yep. you know, in Flip's years, and but it was unfortunate because when you're on Thursday night on TNT, you, you, the local station can't do anything, and I'm sure if, you know if this had been a normal game, Fox Sports North, just mm-hmm. like they did. Uh, with the KG thing, just like they did uh, when you know shortly after Flip died, where there were some pregame ceremonies that were done, they would have shown it, and they didn't show it. So I didn't have a chance to see it. Did either of you guys get a chance to see it? Because I, I saw know a little this, bit of it. Most of I the think stuff the team posted. It. Yeah, it's yeah, posted. Yeah, you can see it. I was yeah. just too busy to see it today. Yep. But so I'm, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it a point to go see it. But as I was watching the game last night, and I know Tibbs was here. You know, Tibbs, I don't think ever coached with Flip, but Tibbs was here. Uh, as, a, as an assistant under Musselman in the first year, and obviously mm-hmm. Musselman, you know, knew Flip from the Gopher days, and and, that, and so they, they've had a connection. But as I was watching the game last night, and and as I was watching uh, the way the Wolves play, and as I'm watching Andrew Wiggins just sit on the outside and do nothing for three quarters except throw up bricks, and and just com- com- Continue this, which we'll get into that more in the next second. Continue this, what, you know, his rookie year, I thought Andrew Wiggins showed some promise. His second year when Sam had him, I was beginning to see that that Andrew Wiggins had a long way to go, but things were starting to get better slowly, but he was progressing. And then ever since Tibbs has been here, it's been a steady decline to the point where now he's not even as good as he was when he was a rookie. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of sad because people think I hate Wiggins. I don't. I just think that they made a huge mistake to give him the money because he's just he is not a good basketball player and really shows very few signs of becoming one. And and then you watch the Wolves play where it's just it's just hero ball after hero ball after hero ball after hero ball and you see some of the guys that that flip right in Gorgie Jang who hardly ever gets to play Carl uh, Anthony Towns who is having a magnificent season but too many times in the fourth quarter is a non-factor on the offensive end because they never give him the ball, even though he's he's probably one of the top five offensive players in the league, has the second-best true shooting percentage in the league. All of his numbers are spectacular. He is num- he's second in the league in win shares. And as I'm watching this ugly game being played of just one, of first it's, first it's, uh, it's, uh, uh, Jamal uh, Crawford just dribble, 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 take a crazy shot. Last night they were going in. That's fun. Then Jimmy Butler just, I'm going... This game is the anti-tribute to Flip. That's what I was thinking. It is the anti-tribute to Flip. <laughs> Nothing looked better than Flip's offense. Nothing looked better than Flip's offense, right? Flip's offense was a thing of beauty, and his teams were very good offensively and very creative. They had some struggles struggles defensively. They were never a great defensive team, although they were better than this team. And, and I just thought Flip's offenses were 
they were just so well run. And then to watch this, even though because the Wolves have a lot of talent, they can win some of these games, I just thought that last night's game, in a season of a lot of ugly, although successful games, last night was amongst the most ugly. You just have to, they have to find more ball movement. And that's been, that's been their biggest Achilles heels when you get Jeff Teague with the ball or Jimmy Butler with the ball. And the other guys are just standing there and nobody's moving, nobody's cutting. And you say they have know, to find we, it, though, Manny. This well, is well, their plan. The this Corzo, is, the, this Corzo, is what they're told to do. Here's, well, that's the thing. And, and we hear Tibbs say it all the time after every game. You know, guys got to keep moving. They gotta, but it's like at some point you got to look at Tibbs and say, okay, well, you're telling them this. Why aren't they doing well, it? Well, I'm going I'm, I'm to tell you this. For the first three quarters, I do think Tibbs wants more ball movement. But in the fourth quarter, the guy calling the shots is Tibbs. And it's give the ball to Jimmy. And there was a great article that Britt Robson did in The Athletic. And there's a little stat out there called usage, which it shows you how many of the scoring plays you're involved in. And last year, Russell Westbrook set the NBA record for usage with 41% for the whole season. Jimmy Butler, since December, is 50% usage in the fourth quarter. Now, that doesn't happen. He, that, that is an unheard of. He has taken, in, in the four games that they lost down the stretch, uh, in a row before uh, the last couple games when they lost those four games on the East, East Coast, when they lost Chicago, uh, when they lost to uh, Cleveland, they lost a couple others in a row. Over those four games, Carl Anthony Towns had took 51 shots and made 12. Uh, not Carl Anthony Towns, uh, Butler. Carl Anthony Towns took 15. 15 to 31. I said 31. He took Butler was 12 out of 31 shooting. Uh, Butler had 22 free throw attempts and only three assists. Carl Anthony Towns took 15 sh- shots over that same period of time. And you know how many you know how many points uh, Wiggins scored? One. Took three total shots. It is it is the Jimmy Butler show, and I love Jimmy. I mean, how can you not, right? Mm-hmm. But Jimmy Butler, when he's controlling the ball in the fourth quarter, what does he get? Really crappy shots. But because Jimmy Butler is so good, he makes a higher percentage of them than he should. He never passes. Everybody else is standing around. And the Wolves' offense, which for the first three quarters of the season, first three quarters of games, is like third best in the league. In the fourth quarter, it's 25th in the league. Because Something's guys are standing around. That's because Tibbs tells them to do it. He gives the ball he tells to Jimmy. Them to stand around. No, he says, Jimmy, you're going to have the ball and you're going to run. And I'm telling you, when you... When their offense runs through Jimmy, Jimmy's not very good at doing that. Jimmy would be far more effective. I want Jimmy to have the ball at times, no question. But to have the ball in his hands constantly, you've seen it. But you're but you're you're saying that Tibbs is telling them in the fourth quarter, Jimmy gets the ball and everybody just stands there. Well, if he's not, that isn't that what they do? That is what they do. Oh, I'm assuming but, Tibbs tells them to but do it. But that's not. But he's not telling them to do that. Well, then, then you, you. I can't imagine a basketball coach is telling somebody in the fourth quarter just stand there and do nothing. Oh no, I dispute that. A uh, rookie's basketball coach would have told that <laughs> I, rookie just stand in the corner. Don't let me, touch let me, the let ball. Let me put it to you this way: I do think Tibbs wants the ball in Jimmy's hands, and he wants to. And Jimmy wants to isolate and. And I've watched now Jimmy Butler for 60 games, and when you put the ball in Jimmy's hands, Listen, I'm this not is what's ex- going to happen. It's going to happen 90% of the time. I'm not exonerating Tibbs from this. All I'm saying is that I don't think he's just sitting there telling them not to not to do anything, not well, to stand I, there. It is, it's, it, it's, there's, there's a problem there of whatever he's telling them in the fourth quarter to do is not reaching them. And no, for well, whatever reason, they just don't. Jimmy, They're not doing it. And Jimmy, that's on him. For all that's the, on him to communicate that. I agree. Them. And for all the greatness in Jimmy, he is not a good creator. 
for others. He's just not. He's not unwilling. Well, he likes to shoot. He loves. He loves to shoot. Three assists in the last four games in the fourth quarter with a fifty percent usage rate. He doesn't want. I think to if pass you the put ball. the ball in his hands in the fourth quarter and guys are moving and cutting and getting themselves yeah, in maybe. position, then. He's he's as good a playmaker as there is for a wing player in the NBA. He's a good he's a skilled uh, creator, but he seems to be an unwilling one. That's what I see. I see that he's unwilling. We got to take a break. We'll come back, and I do want to talk a little bit more about your Timberwolves and and the sad, 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 sad saga of one Andrew Wiggins. Welcome back to Minnesota or the Venture Bank Minnesota Golf Show out at the uh, Convention Center in downtown Minneapolis. Coming by and say hi. I guess the uh, the golf show is open till about seven. We're on the air until about six. Uh, and we'll be out here tomorrow morning as well, Saturday morning sports talk, right? I think we'll be out here, right? And there'll be shows oh, yeah. most of the day. Absolutely. Uh, and then I'm out here Sunday morning. I'm probably, they'll maybe, I think there might be shows coming on after me as well on Sunday, so stop on by. Uh, later in the hour, uh, we're going to be joined by Jeff Hintz. He's the chief executive officer of the Minnesota section of the PGA. And then at 540, I'm going to be joined by James Tracy. He's with TaylorMade. He's going to talk their new drivers. They now have designed a driver with a twisted face, Manny. So, <laughs> I, you know, I, I've got any. It's something new. You got. You got to. You got to see a what it is. Twisted face. But I have a very old. I have a pretty. I probably my driver's probably six, seven years old. So I, it's probably time I get a new one. So I'll. How often I'll get, do you buy new equipment? I don't. You're, buy, you're an avid golfer. Yeah, but I don't. I am not a big fan of. I shouldn't be saying this out here. I'm not a big fan of. If I've got equipment I like, I do not want to change it. Sure, like my well, irons, that makes sense. I've had my iron since 2013. Uh, my driver, I probably my driver's probably a 2002, maybe a no, maybe like a 2000. Uh, 10 or 11 driver, okay. and I bought it used, So, uh, and I hit it good. So I'm, I'm kind of reluctant to get it, but every now and again. I, I'll switch wedges a lot and putters a lot, but not that stuff. Uh, before we get on, and, and we're going to talk maybe, uh, again, Jeff Hinsel will join us after the bottom of the hour and after the Johnny Hyde update, but uh, Andrew Wiggins, Manny, uh, I, I run a... You know, there's there's a lot been a lot of polarization amongst people that a lot of people think Andrew Wiggins... You know, the thing that really drove me crazy... Uh, back in the day was when people said, you know, in the middle of last year, I was leading the charge by saying, no way would I give Andrew Wiggins a max deal. That's what I always said. I said, no way would I do it. And what did everybody come back with? Well, then somebody will. And my response was, okay, let somebody have it. You know, so what if somebody, I, I had already made the determination because you had to last year. Because if you're running the Timberwolves, you had to look at Andrew Wiggins. And you had to make the, de- you know, you didn't have much choice. You had to make the determination last year. I guess they could have waited this year. I would have waited it out. I guess, well, why did they have to give it to him last year, in between? Well, I guess I don't there, know. There was the, they had the deadline in October that they had to reach it. Otherwise, they had to wait until the end of the season. Well, and I would have waited. And yeah. I think if I, if I had waited, I think everyone would have seen what I, but, but there was this thing, you had to do it. But at some point, you were going to have to do it, right? Either he's going to be a free agent or he's not. And to me, when I looked at the numbers that put everything, first of all, the eye test. The eye test tells me the guy's got crappy shooting form. He's a below average ball handler, uh, and he doesn't play hard. So that's the eye test. And then when I go and look at the numbers, the numbers are all proven to be true, and the numbers are even uglier than he appears. And then I said, well, and then people said, well, he's young. And I said, well, let's see how he does. His first year to second year, he improved. His second year to third year, he got worse. And that's what scared me. And now his third year to his fourth year, he's gotten worse. Here's how much worse he's gotten. His offensive-defensive rating as a differential of negative 12, the worst of his career. His defensive rating is slightly improved. His offensive rating has dropped through the floor. His true shooting percentage is the worst of his career, 504. Ricky Rubio, by the way, is shooting 535 true shooting percentage. His win shares per 48, 
are abysmal. They're below where De- De- uh, Derek Williams was and and uh, Wes Johnson was. Two high picks the Wolves got that they just wanted. To, they ran out of town. They get run out of town, as they should have. Andrew Wiggins has five years, $148 million coming his way. Mystifying to me. Value over replacement player. Now, you might say we don't like any of these stats. That's fine. Value I've over never re- said that. But no, others might. I meant the generic you. Value over replacement player is he's never had a positive value over replacement player. Ricky Rubio's never had a negative one, okay? Uh, box plus minus, worst of his career. I mean, it's it's gotten to the – and now they're stuck with him. I mean, what do you do? Well, you know, and to me, t- he's gotten worse under Tibbs. So, to me, a lot of the problem is Andrew Wiggins. He was overrated, overvalued, and he doesn't try or play hard. But the, that's the coach's job then, to go and, and get something out of him. And Tibbs is failing miserably at what he's getting out of Wiggins. Well, how much – well, I'll, I'll present to you the same question that Doogie did the other day. How much of giving Wiggins that extension when they gave it to him was Tibbs versus Glenn Taylor? Yep. And, you know, and I'll say this. Well, there's a difference. Well, and they were in a tough spot because mm-hmm. if, if Zach what, – what I'm saying, what I mean by that is if Zach Levine doesn't tear his knee last year, that decision to give that max – who to give that max contract to is a little bit tougher. Yes, although I'll say this. It, to me, and the decision on who you who you trade for Jimmy Butler is a little bit well, tougher. Well, last year I was on record as saying I would have traded Wiggins, and this was before the injury. And I think after the injury that throws it off with Zach Wright, certainly yes. because you, in today's NBA, guys come back from ACLs pretty regularly, and Zach looks like he's coming back from it, which is great to see. I was taking him a few games. I was yeah. always a fan of Zach Levine. Zach Levine this year, his numbers are significantly better than Wiggins, and he's coming off a knee surgery. Okay, significantly better. His uh, win shares, uh, his shooting win percentage shares, isn't. But. Oh, his true shooting percentage is too. And, and his well, win, his three point shoot. That's because of his. That's yeah. because of his three. And because shooting. he can yeah. make a free throw. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and his win shares per forty eight are more than double Wiggins. Uh, this year, this year coming off a knee surgery. Okay, but, but I don't want to get into the numbers. My my point was, there's a. There was two questions there. Do you want to trade him? Did, did you know? And there's still mystery. Was it? Did they ever offer him? for Kyrie Irving, and would that have been enough? We don't know the answers to those questions. I don't. You would have uh, had to figure out how and I would the have money given, work and everything. Yeah, I would, I, would have said, I would have said, Wiggins, and what else do you want? Anybody but Jimmy Butler or Cat, you can have. That's what I would have done. But, uh, and well, you wouldn't have been able to move Jeff Teague because he couldn't no, have been moved until but, December. But I, I would have moved Gorgie. I would have moved whoever they wanted to get to get. Kyrie. But then you have to, con- you have to convince Cleveland to take on Gorgie's contract. Well, no, but I, I'd say, Cleveland, what do you want? I, again, I don't want to get there. I think it could have been done. Although the offer that Cleveland got appeared better, but it doesn't look that way now. But my point is, they didn't have to give him that contract. And even if they did, they could have been sitting here now, right, without that contract. And now, now, now you say to him, well, you know, so, so why did they feel the need to do that last year? That's what I didn't understand. And Again, now, they're, now they're getting I'll, burned. I'll, I'll, get, I'll present you the same question that Doogie presented to you the other day. How much of that was on Tibbs versus Glenn Taylor? And I, We I, don't know. And what difference? I'm saying... To me, you're Tibbs. You're, pre- you're, pers- you're president of basketball operations. To me, if if I go to you still got to answer to the owner though. You and do if have the to owner wants the owner. if the owner wants you to give Andrew Wiggins that deal. Well, then Tibbs, you know, then Tibbs ain't the man I thought he was because I thought Tibbs was a guy that's not going to let somebody tell him what he's. He, to me, I thought the whole deal was. I don't you think that that Tibbs, if Tibbs didn't want Wiggins, he could have convinced Glenn Taylor of that. That Glenn Taylor wouldn't have listened he to. He could have. But I again, mean, but again, the the other situation that you're in is you don't have Zach Levine anymore. So it's it's and you moved Zach Levine for Jimmy Butler. So now you're at a point where okay, well, 
are we going to move Wiggins or are we going to hold oh, on to him and try and make this work? But, but okay, let's say that's the case. Uh, how's, how has Tibbs tried to make it work? By having that's by, on him. By running no plays for Wiggins, by not working with him, and he's just getting worse and worse and worse. He sits out. Last night he didn't play in the fourth quarter. Okay, he just sits by the he sits outside the three point line and does nothing. So whether that's by design or because or because uh, Wiggins is so lazy, whatever the reason is, it's all on tips. Can I ask a question? I've, I've mainly remained out of this because you two are what, what, much more knowledgeable about the situation about the Wolves than I am, but. I watched the game last night, and I thought, okay, there are. I, I agree with the the whole flow of their offense is basically non-existent. But we are talking about a team that's going to make the playoffs for the first time in 14 years, and a team that's vastly improved over last year because of the addition of Jimmy Butler. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Okay. That's the only reason because they because one they have two legitimate superstars. You know, they got it right with Towns. All the high draft picks they got, they yep. got it right with Carl Anthony Towns, who is again. People talk about young players. Carl Anthony Towns had a, a historically good rookie year for a one-and-done player, one of the best in history. He improved a lot in year two, and he's improved a lot in year three. Wiggins had kind of a predictable one-and-done rookie season, you know, not very good, which is typical for even a high draft pick one-and-done, and he's gotten worse. So my point is they've got two great players in, in Butler and Towns. Yep. And when you have two top ten players, you should be, you should be good. They don't need a coach, so so that's my point. I'm Got frustrated it. with how they play and that they're not getting what they could out of having these two top 15, top 10 players in the league. You know, the Wolves, they've never had – look at it. When they had KG, obviously a top 10 player in the league, right? Mm-hmm. You know, when they had Sam and Spree, you, you know, was Sam a top 15 player then? Did he make first, second, or third team All-NBA? Might have. I think he might have made he second might've. team. So, so that might have been the one year they had, they had two, two top 15 players. But these two top 15. Sam was really, really good that year. He was really, really good really that year. Really good that year. But he wasn't as good as Jimmy Butler is this year, I wouldn't say. I mean, Jimmy no. Butler is so – in other words, I'd say this is the most – the Wolves have never had two players together that are this good. That's what I would say. And and so because of that, they're winning some games. Uh, we do have a bit of breaking news yes. in regards to the Minnesota Twins. The offseason edition is now complete, according to John Heyman. The Twins have signed Anibal Sanchez, free agent pitcher. So – there you go. That's all the pitching so, so, you're going to need. So I know so little about baseball yep. that I'm assuming you're being facetious. Very. Who's Have you ever done Sanchez? radio with me before? Am I, I ever I, not facetious? <laughs> who is An- Who is Anibal Sanchez? He was the former uh, Marlin former Tiger. Marlin, played for the Tiger. Remember, he was the guy that almost threw a no-hitter against the Twins until Joe Maurer bounced a four-hopper up the middle. He's not the, the guy hitting. that threw the 20, what I call the 28-out no-hitter when he got No, robbed. that was uh, Galarraga. Um, what was his first um, name? The guy that Jim Joyce botched yes. the call. Yeah, yeah. Which Armando, by, Armando Galarraga. Yeah. Which, by the way, I've always said if I was him, I would say where everybody else has a 27-out perfect game, yep. I had a 28-out perfect game, right? <laughs> that's true. Because he got 28 yes, outs. They just, it's just the 27th out, the guy didn't count. It's, that's the best perfect game in history. It is. Sam, had, Sam Cassell was uh, second team All-NBA Okay, so that's pretty. So, so they had yeah, two in the top ten. Yeah, that was great that It was year, good so. to see him at the game. And that team went to the Western Conference Finals. This team will not go to the Western Conference Finals. But I think a lot of people knew that going in, though. Well, well yeah, I, I think they could have done better than that. All right, we'll take a break. Come back. And when we come back, we're going to talk. Uh, uh, Johnny Height's still here, right? Isn't yes, that? yes, he, he is. We were getting late to him. Sorry, Johnny. We'll get to Johnny. Then when we come back, Jeff Heinz, uh, CEO of the Minnesota section of the PGA. Come on out and see us live at the Venture Bank Minnesota Golf Show. Uh, we will be joined by Jeff uh, Hintz, I believe, is CEO of the Minnesota section of the PGA. But first, a 1500 ESPN Twin City Sports update with Johnny Height. 
Thanks, Corzo. Um, this update, <laughs> Sorry, Johnny. That's all right. This update sponsored by Walgreens. Switch your Medicare Part D prescriptions to Walgreens and start saving today with co-pays as low as $0 on select plans with Tier 1 generics. Walgreens trusted since 1901. We have some Twins news to start this. The Twins have signed Anibal Sanchez. <laughs> <laughs> the veteran uh, pitched last year with uh, Detroit. Uh, he, he didn't have a sterling season, shall we say? No, he was awful, John. Don't be he, nice. Johnny, just, let's just cut right to the chase. He hasn't been good in about four years. So yeah. why do they sign him? Because they're getting him for $2 bucks. <laughs> There's a chance he could get you a couple outs out of the bullpen. I I can't imagine it's going to be a – it's got to be a minor league he deal. Was, he was 3-7 and seven last year, his ERA over 6. And Oof. if you follow baseball, you know that uh, he started for Detroit early in the season. By the end of the season, he was doing nothing but mop up yeah. for the you Tigers. Know, yeah, I always tell my wife, who was always looking for deals, there's a difference between you, you have to get value. I mean, I know it's just $2 million in par- baseball parlance, but but you need to get some value. For I, it. I agree with that. I mean, I don't... I, I don't like the move. I guess I don't hate the move either. It, it's if it's, it's a, a minor if it's a minor league deal, they can just simply cut their ties before they break camp if he's not. And then he earns two million dollars. Right. Well, no. If <laughs> if it's a minor league deal, he has oh. to make the he has to make the active roster. Right. I just don't understand the thought that he would be suddenly good when he hasn't been good since 2014. Well, he had like, a significant arm injury, and I'm trying to remember when that was. Um, but I, I I can't for the life of me imagine that this is that this is it. They've they've still got to get somebody else other than animal bleeping Sanchez. Well, speaking of getting someone else, uh, Tim Lincecum yesterday had his showcase, and the Twins were there to watch Lincecum throw along with. Uh, it looks like scouts from 15 to 20 teams were there. Uh, the reports say that Lincecum had his fastball up to around 92 miles an hour. He was throwing at 87. His last stint in the major leagues in 2016 with the Angels. Of course, in his Giants heyday, he was throwing 94 to 96. Uh, they're also saying uh, that his uh, curveball had some bite to it. Uh, so who knows? Somebody will probably end up signing uh, Mr. Lincecum. Again, for the life of me, I don't know why he doesn't retire. Two Cy Youngs and three World Does he still have the long stringy hair? No, oh, no, he no, cut, he that cut off it a yeah. couple of years ago. And I have no interest in him. <laughs> <laughs> you want the you want the the skateboard oh, I love pothead it. looking guy. Wait yeah. till later. Later in the hour at I think about five fifteen, I'm gonna talk about how much I like Johnny Weir. So <laughs> He did wow. throw a no hitter with the short hair. Johnny though. Weir? Oh, no, uh, no. Lincecum did. Hey, let's go. Uh, they, in San oh, Lincecum, yeah, he, you know, that's right. Later after he had arm problems. Yeah, yep. his second no hitter was yep. he had the short hair. He yeah. was uh, if you ever watch the Giants games, he was beloved. The guys would be in, yeah. the, in the crowd with the hat with the hair sticking out that uh, <laughs> didn't belong to them, shall we say. It was uh, a wig, basically. One that, more, and then we'll get, we got to get out of here uh, so we can get uh, to One uh, more. Uh, Super G, uh, yes. Lindsey Vaughn, uh, tweeted that uh, it has been delayed at least an hour. They're still hoping to get it, apparently, but uh, uh, it will be delayed. At least. Bad now, weather, Judd? They if, got the wins again. If they actually run the race... Do you have the policy that you don't want to break the news for people that want to wait and watch it tonight? No, 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 no. no, no in no. fact, no. we blurt it out as soon as we yeah, get Without even giving a warning. Primetime preview. Prime Corzo, hey, uh, Corzo, you're not going to rip my buddy Johnny Weir, are you? I love Johnny Weir. Okay, good. Do you uh, like him? I love Johnny Weir so much that I think we should have him calling other sports. I agree with you. <laughs> he is the best. No, no, I'm yeah. loving Johnny Weir. I want to hear his take on every sport out there. Yes. Monday Night Football, are they still looking for, are they still looking for a, a color oh analyst? God, that'd go. be so fun. That would be the best. I will take a break. Come back with uh, Jeff Hint, CEO of the Minnesota section of the PGA Telesports going on in golf in Minnesota.
Help fight type 1 diabetes by joining 1500 ESPN and channels 5 and 45 at the Mall of America on Saturday, February 24th for the JDRF One Walk. Join Team KSTP, co-captained by 1500 ESPN's Phil Mackey and Channel 5's Chris Eggert and Megan Newquist and help us raise money to, for type 1 diabetes research. All team members also receive a free Team KSTP t-shirt. For more details and to join the team, head to 1500ESPN.com keyword events. Together, we can turn type 1 into type none. Uh, welcome to the Venture Bank Minnesota Golf Show. Scott Korzanowski filling in for uh, Patrick Royce. And two years ago, I was out here filling in for Patrick Royce because he's been going to Florida for ever and so he always takes this week off and and i'm happy to come out because i love filling at the minute at the venture bank minnesota golf show but two years ago our guest now jeff hints now ceo of the minnesota section of the pga was here bringing the Ryder cup the actual Ryder cup yeah. i mean you you were hired by the pga of america yeah. to to kind of run the Ryder cup here and then you decided to stay yeah, we stuck around. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we fell in love with the community in the Twin Cities, and uh, we live out in Chaska. And, and you were here during the winter because you came up very yeah. early to help get it all set up. I've been here for a few winters. So you were you knew the winter because you were here all that winter before the Ryder Cup. I was, yeah, and actually two before that. I moved here in the, the winter of 2014, so I have 14, 15, 16, and 17. Well, and now, so you were here when the Super Bowl was in town, yeah. and by all accounts, Obviously, when the Ryder Cup was here, other than a lot of fans being crazy, uh, it was, I'm sure, I, I, you know, I was out there. It was beautiful. It was one that's a great facility, yeah. Hazeltine. The people turned out. Everyone, the weather was spectacular. It was great, right? And then the Super Bowl was, you know, it was cold, but everyone, but I thought it was great. And so those are two huge events our town has had and the, two of the biggest events in the world that our town has really handled well. Yeah, you know, that's it's uh, uh, I think it's a testament to the community and the volunteers and everybody that steps up and supports the event, the corporate community. And, you know, next on the clock, you got the X Games next yep. summer. They did a great job with it last year. And then Kate Mortensen, the NCAA team uh, here in town on the clock. And uh, yeah. they're going to hit it. They're going to hit it out of the park. Uh, yep. No doubts. They, they're doing some great things. Uh, the there final too, four. So, so now, yeah. now you decided to work with the Minnesota PGA. And, and we were talking during the break that some of the things that the Minnesota PGA does. And for those of you that don't know, the, the 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 Minnesota PGA is a section of the PGA, which is which is essentially the club pros, yep. the guys that are you know working in your clubs or working in even the public courses that give you lessons, that run the pro shop, that, that that really are the backbone of the golf industry. And you're not yourself a golf pro, but but you're here to talk about some of the things that uh, the whole section Minnesota section is doing. And you said there's a lot of concentration on growing the game in youth. Yeah, you know, our, our mission is to serve our members and growing and grow the game. And by serving our members, we'll, we'll hopefully grow the game. So uh, our professionals, we have 603 here in our section, and actually a lot of people may, may not know, but the Minnesota section is Minnesota, North Dakota, most of South Dakota, and a little bit of Wisconsin. Yeah. So 603 professionals, men and women professionals, that every day they go to work and they're focused on, on growing the game and making it fun Yes, for people. And I think that's, that's you know, what golf, uh, getting back to kind of the roots and having fun. You know, we went through this big boom in the Tiger era, and that's why I got into the golf business. I, I just, I got hooked on golf. I loved it, and I want to be involved in it. And and uh, what we're seeing now is just obviously, you know, uh, people having choices and, and clock management and what they're doing on the weekends. And so it's a very different dynamic even 17 years now, uh, away from kind of the Tiger boom. Right. And all the choices people have with technology and what they're going to spend their time on. But what PGA professionals really are trained to do is to make the game easier for somebody uh, that, that wants to play, which then turns into fun, right? If you're right. out there on the golf course and you play really well, you want to come back. But if you get beat up by that golf course and you don't play well, then maybe you're not 
maybe you don't want to go out the next weekend. So. Is it, you, you talked about that, that Tiger did obviously bring a lot of uh, people into golf. And now we see a lot of stories about golf courses closing. Mm-hmm. You know, I grew up at Minnetonka Country Club closed. There's been, you know, there's always going to be courses closed because there's new ones being built too. Right. But is there a net, and maybe you don't know this, but is there a net negative in golf courses over the last 10 years? Are there fewer now than there was? More? Maybe you don't know. Or, or what numbers do you have as to whether the game, after the Tiger, Tiger bubble, did that burst and is it coming back? So what's yeah, the? Yeah, I think like any other industry, like the dot-com yep. bubble and all of that, there's going to be a little bit of a market correction. Uh, I'll say that uh, the MGA, the Minnesota Golf Association, is leading an economic impact effort here, which we're cooperating with them on and we're working with them. And I think that's a big thing that we have to do in the golf industry. We all need to come together and work together. And so there is the early indicators that we've seen in the in the uh, EI study is that obviously in Minnesota there's been a decrease in the number of facilities. The, the fascinating component to that, though, is revenue is up. And so people are playing golf, and golf is not going to go away. It's just no. not. I mean, it's a wonderful sport. You can play it well into your late adulthood. Uh, it's a great game to teach young individuals, too, on just uh, – uh, all the qualities that you learn out of the golf course, and it's an honorable game. So it's not going to go away. And and just like anything else, we're going to have these, you know, peaks and valleys, and uh, we'll get through it. And we're doing some really exciting things in the youth segment to grow. We've got a junior league golf component where it's like little little league b- baseball. They got a number on the back of the jersey. Yes. They put their name on it. They I've compete inter club. It's like club sports, but in golf. Yep. And. You know, you think about it. That's pretty fascinating. Well, why didn't we think about it as an industry before now? Right. Why didn't we, how, how have we not figured that out? So we're working on that. We've got a drive, chip, and putt, which is a partnership with Augusta National and yep. the Masters, as well as the USGA. Uh, I think we're going to have some of the kiddos that qualified to, to compete at Augusta Sunday before the Masters. Oh, wow, at yep. Augusta National. They're going to be here tomorrow. We have five from Minnesota that are going to Augusta to compete for the national championship. And I think Golf Channel shows that. They I've do. seen that where they go out on like earlier in the week and yeah. play out at Augusta and get, get to play. Pretty right, cool stuff. Right, right. It really is. You know, when I was a kid, uh, my parents were members at Minnetonka Country Club, and Bob Olds was the pro, and they'd have, you know, youth clinics that we'd go to. And, I mean, I've loved golf from the first time my dad took me out to Gross Golf Course when he went out with his buddies and let me pull his bag along. It just it's, it is. It's, people always say, well, it takes too long. I said, that's part of the reason I like it. Yeah. <laughs> for yeah. four hours, I put, and I do, I put my phone away. Yeah. You know, maybe I'll check it at the turn or something. But for four hours, you're just out there outside yeah. having fun and relaxing a little bit. Everything doesn't have to be where you're accomplishing something every minute of the day. Yeah, and I think what we're seeing, too, just across everything, especially I'm a parent. We have three little ones. And, you know, I don't know. Technology's great. But uh, the screen time component, you know, kids growing up with the screen time is very different from when we were growing up. And anything to get your kid away and and just experience, you know, the outdoors and and walk and exercise and get away from a a screen, you know, for for amount of time. And and we're seeing that. We're seeing uh, more and more parents. I do with our kids. We're limiting that. We think, you know, being outside and interacting with other people is really important skill to have for the rest of your life, not just staring at a screen all day. So. yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, there's some great things happening here. We, we run 180 junior events. We have a whole junior golf association at Minnesota PGA. Uh, you can find out more at minnesotapga.com. And uh, we had 1,900 members last year. I think we're just scratching the surface there. We really are looking at hopefully doubling that over the next few years and giving more kids an opportunity to play the game at a competitive, com- competitive level. So you, do you miss the excitement of the Ryder Cup? I, miss, part of that? I miss the run Are you going up. to France? 
Uh, I've got it blocked off. Yeah. So I did protect that on my yep. calendar. I'm 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 going to try to figure out a way to see yeah. if we can get over there. You should. Uh, and it, that will be raucous because they'll remember what happened here. They will. And you know, by comparison, Hazeltine we had about three thousand seats on the first tee, and I heard they're looking at ten thousand. Yeah, it's in Paris. So. I can still remember when the Ryder Cup was nothing. Yeah. You know, I can still remember that. I'm old enough. Well, uh, Jeff, thanks so much for joining us. It's a pleasure to see you. And maybe we'll see you again next year at the Minnesota Golf at the Venture Bank Minnesota Great. Golf. Thanks for having me. Thanks, on. Jeff yep. Hence. Uh, see, came here with the Ryder Cup and has stayed and made it his permanent home like a lot of the athletes who are here do that as well thanks again Jeff Thank we'll you. take a break come back live from the Venture Bank Minnesota Golf Show at the Minneapolis Convention Center live from the Venture Bank Minnesota Golf Show Morzanowski Reavers a Manny out here for another hour stop on by uh, we were talking a little Timberwolves before we spoke we spoke with Jeff Hintz CEO he came out here for the Ryder Cup and then stayed uh, along with the Minnesota PGA Chris and I were remembering when we saw the Ryder Cup. Did you see? Did you hold the Ryder Cup when it was out here a couple of years ago? The actual cup itself. Mm -mm, it wasn't did. that impressive. I, I didn't think so either. It was like dented. Yeah. It was like in crappy shape. It was what I kind of pictured. Okay, it's going through so many celebrations. Yes. Is that the result of the damage? Which is okay. <laughs> yeah. That, sure. That it's, it's, a, it's a real trophy. Uh, but uh, we, I do want to just go back a little bit to the Timberwolves uh, uh, for a second uh, and talk about the playoffs. That that it's. I think it's pretty apparent. Uh, that, you know, when the season, when, here's what I kind of say. Uh, Tibbs last year came, and we all are going to give Tibbs a pass last year, right? I, I really wasn't so willing to do it because I didn't like a lot of what I saw. But then he gets Jimmy Butler, and that changed everything, Reavers. That's why they went from being a non-playoff team to to really, I think, pretty solidly being the fourth best team in the West. Mm -hmm. Although they're, although their their lead is not as good as you would think it would be if you look at it. And so, they, to me, they then had an opportunity to put people around Towns and Butler that could have given them the ability to compete with the Rockets and the Warriors. Maybe not beat them, but compete with them. And I think what Tibbs did is he took safe moves where they can be the third or fourth best team in the West, but they really can't compete with the Rockets or the Warriors. Did they have to do it, though, because of, of financial limitations? No, I, I think, I think he's, he needed to spend his money on... And Tibbs is incapable of it. Tibbs is incapable of building the sort of offense or he's unwilling or incapable of building the sort of offense that you would need to do to compete with those two teams. And, well, and he, here's did, he what, didn't get players that would do it. Here's what I'll tell you. You may not have liked the Taj signing, but it was only a two-year deal. Right. So after 2019, he's going to come off the books anyway. So it's not like, it's not like they gave Taj this five-year oh. max contract that you're stuck with until he's 37 years old. And Taj has been like terrific. He's this been year. fantastic this I, year. He's the top 30 player in the league this year. That's how well he's played. Really? Yes. A top yeah, 30 player? I don't know shares. about top 30, Wind but shows he's, he's been, top 30. He's wow. been really, really good yeah, for He's really year. good. He's the anti-Andrew Wiggins because everything Taj does is efficient and smart. If you see And he saved them last night, yeah, too, by the way. He's always in the right spot. He does everything. He, he just knows how to play. The next time you see Taj Gibson make a mistake, give me a call, because I don't think I've seen one yet. <laughs> I mean, he'll miss a shot or a free throw, but he never makes mental mistakes. So, anyway, when we come back, we're going to talk a little Olympics, starting with Sean White. Should everybody care about his... Uh, his history, his history, his history uh, of having a lawsuit for sexual harassment and other things, over in Pyeongchang.